Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea here with the Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, I am running a campaign in the role-playing game known as Shadow Dark RPG by Arcane Library. I am running a campaign called The Gloaming, which comes from Curse Scroll 1, one of the zines that is available on Arcane Library for the Shadow Dark RPG. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. Patrons get access to all kinds of cool tools and books and early material and communities for the whole world of Lazy Dungeon Mastering, including a dedicated Discord server, a monthly Q&A, the City of Arches source book, a bunch of exclusive adventures, a random generator, a talk show topic database where you can look up any topic that I've ever talked about on previous talk shows and a whole lot more. But most of all, patrons help me put on shows like this to the patrons of Sly Flourish. Thank you so much for your outstanding support. We are quite a few sessions into my Shadow Dark campaign. I'm feeling pretty comfortable about running Shadow Dark now. I've run it 10, 12 sessions or so. I feel good about it. I'm kind of feel like what I'm comfortable with, things that I'm not comfortable with, things that, you know, I'm beginning to like be okay with sort of shaping it a little bit my own ways and then all feels real good it feels good enough that i'm actually going to be running a shadow dark based i6 ravenloft game for halloween next saturday so a week from today i'm i've got people coming over to my house and we are going to play uh ravenloft the original i6 ravenloft not curse of strad but the original 1983 Ravenloft using Shadow Dark RPG as our core system. And I think it's going to be really interesting. We'll see how it goes. I, I feel good about it. We're, we, I, I created 10 fifth level characters, five for the players and five when they are, are inevitably killed by terrible things inside, case, inside Castle Ravenloft and need a new character. So I feel good enough about running Shadow Dark that I'm, I'm willing to do it for my you know yearly Ravenloft game that I run and I think it's going to fit very well uh the original i6 Ravenloft was written uh for first edition D&D and 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 Shadow Dark feels very much like first edition D&D so I think that there's a good mix of these two these these two systems together I think are going to work really well I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great. So meanwhile, in our Shadow Dark Gloaming game, which is what I am running today, the characters have been making their way through Bitter Mold Keep. This is Bitter Mold Keep. This is the map of Bitter Mold Keep. And they started off in this room. They fought some kind of bandit folk. They found, found a rival adventuring company who had been overtaken by the curse of Muggleblub and turned into Ooze Folk. And they and, and they were like rock stars. I, I named them all after like rock stars. And that was that was okay. I don't know. I think that joke felt a little flat. I don't think it was the funniest thing in the world. But but people kind of got it and it worked. So then they made their way past and 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 this pit trap, this sandy pit trap here, I think killed maybe only killed one character. But holy cow, was it dangerous? Like multiple characters had to decide like do we dive in to save him he got he got sucked down into it and is suffocating and dying and crushed 
because of that it's like quicksand and then they they grab like a rope and dive in like the dread pirate roberts in like like wesley in princess bride with the lightning sand and they ended up doing it and the guy who dove in almost died because he's getting crushed and he's failing checks and stuff like that and, and like the weakest character in the game's trying to pull them out pulled him out and he survives but then they've pulled out the dead body of the other character who had been crushed to death underneath and that was really sad. So then they made their way. They met here. They met a bunch of cr- creatures that are like ravenous cannibal halfling things that also sort of worship Mugdoblob. Mugdoblob being this like ooze god. And they went and said like, there's a lot of these guys. And at first they're like, we should fight him. And they're like, I don't know. There's a lot of them here. Right. And because there are a lot of them. And they were like, you're here to kill the other, the bitter molds, right? There, there's these creatures called bitter molds and you're going to go kill the bitter molds, right? And they're like, I guess, sure. And they said, very good. Go to the next hall. They took the barricade down. They sent the characters down and then rebarricaded up this door behind them. These are these, these, these crazy halflings. They're called howlers. And one problem I ran into is I didn't really understand the motivation of the howlers, like, why are the Howlers here? Why do they hate the Bitter Molds? What's their, who, would, who are they serving? And what's going on with that? And I kind of blew it because it's like, well, they're both serving Bitter Mold folk. It's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I think it might have been cooler if the Howlers were like wild, ravenous followers of the other god that's trying to devour the world. Undaluk. It would have been great if they were followers of Undaluk. And I'm, I might... I might like retroactively add that because it makes more sense. So you have these howlers, right? And they're low level, right? They only do a D4. They're level one. One plus one damage in melee when they're beside an enemy. So that, you know, they have a little bit of, they have a little bit of like pack, pack tactics kind of stuff. And so they met the howlers. They, the howlers sent them onward. They went forward and immediately got shot at by these skeletons who were hanging out in these murder holes. And there was a lot of like, they set up a mirror and then kind of dodged around the mirror to, to stop it and, you know, made their way past these guys. They saw this hall and then they continued in here. And one of the characters fell into a sand trap, another sand trap. They're like, oh my God, these sand traps. And they started poking at the ground to figure out which ones are the sand traps. And that's why they have circles for those are the safe areas. And I think Daisy, who was the rogue, who had pretty few hit points to begin with, Daisy took enough damage to drop and they have no source of healing. They have no healers, no clerics, and no healing potions. And they're like, we would have to leave to rest to get hit points back. Resting in a dungeon is incredibly dangerous. You're, you're like a 50-50 shot of a random encounter, in which case you're worse off than when you started. And they knew that they couldn't make their way back because the howlers had barricaded the the doors. So they can't make their way back, even though they're not very far. And so Daisy, the, the, the character, the player who played Daisy said, I think she just succumbs to the darkness. That even though she's stable, I think she passes. I think she just passes on. Like almost like her will failed her right her will to live failed her and she died in their arms and daisy was one of the original characters and we loved daisy and daisy was a goblin rogue and daisy the goblin rogue just succumbed to the darkness and so they laid her 
poor broken body upon the the sands and the sands just devoured daisy to the to the bottom oh heartbreaking but it does bring up another thing which is if you go into a dungeon and you don't have any ways to heal you know what it, what's going to happen and now one thing is that I brought this up in in talking about Shadow Dark before. It's almost Shadow Dark. I am I am pretty sure that Shadow Dark was heavily influenced by the video game Darkest Dungeon, in which you had like lighting and resources are really critical, and you're delving through dungeons and you're going through things. And one of the key things about Darkest Dungeon is there's a switch that happens in the mind of the player of Darkest Dungeon, which is the realization that you are not your characters. You are a manager, that you are the person running the town who is sending adventurers off into dark places with the recognition that many of them are not going to return. And that's a little bit of what happens in Shadow Dark, that you can almost think of characters like hit points that eventually your hit points are going to run out. You're not going to have a way to heal you're, or you're going to die in a lightning trap and you're going to re-roll a new character and bring them in. The one detriment you run into is that you don't get to keep the experience points. I might change this, but the way that I've been running, there isn't any firm rules for whether or not they start at level one again and then have to build their way back up. And in talking with Kelsey and others on the Shadow Dark Discord, Kelsey, Kelsey Dion is the creator of Shadow Dark, and she has an open Discord server where she talks to people. And in talking to other player GMs of Shadow Dark and Kelsey, it was sort of like, well, it's up to you if you want them to come back at what levels. So we, we had them come back at whatever the level, the average par- party level was. That if, they, if the characters reach second level, then you started your character second level. But you started at zero on experience points. And it takes a lot of experience points to get to like third and fourth and fifth, which means that if you keep dying and starting at the bottom again, you lose a lot of experience points. That, that, that loss of experience points down to your lower level is actually a, a pretty bad loss but on the other hand you want some kind of loss because otherwise it's every character is a bag full of new equipment that you can get because you can just say like oh you know i could actually like if you were going to game the system obviously this would be clearly against the intentions of the game but somebody could walk in and say wow i got really good equipment but terrible stats i'm going to set all my equipment aside and i'm going to dive into that sand thing and don't everybody come and save me and then the next character shows up and they go, hey, look at the big pile of equipment. And they get, now they have twice as much equipment. They can, they can pick what stuff they want. Obviously, that's like gamification and you know, you're, 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 you're acting against the intentions of the game. But that's kind of how it plays out anyway. That they, the players have definitely recognized, well, when characters die, it's okay. Because not only do we get a new character, but we get all the equipment the old character had. So that the fact that you lose experience points makes up for the fact that you get the equipment of whoever the previous dead character was. And it's also a way for the characters to go on. Now it means you could go into a dungeon and crawl around and the characters who leave the dungeon aren't anything like the characters who entered. It's possible everybody will die and whole new characters will be the ones to actually complete this. And that's weird because it's like you, you, you went in with a quest. Well, you weren't the group that got the quest, <laughs> right? Like the four characters, let's say you have four characters that go into Muggleblub with the intention of curing, the intention of curing the disease from the town of Wardenwood. And that was why you went there, but all the characters die. And then the characters who come out are like, well, we got the essence, but like, do any of us know that we're supposed to go to Wardenwood to save it? We weren't the ones that actually were there. And that's where a game that has this sort of lethal 
brutal, you're going to die a lot sort of approach kind of falls apart with a story because the characters aren't part of the story. Unless you kind of wire it in where like there's an adventuring guild and the adventuring guild is the one that gets quests and the characters that go off are actually just part of that adventuring guild. I've done that with a Dark Sun game and that actually worked pretty well. That you 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 basically have like a, you know, a, a group of adventurers and it's the group that's tied to the char- to, to the players and then the players choose which characters are going to go off on different adventures. That That's something I'm dealing with. That's something and we're going to see because I don't know if any of the characters are going to make it out alive or, or, or whatnot. Yeah, Scipio brings like XCOM. Exactly, like XCOM. So let's prep. Let's actually, you know, all this philosophy is great, but I've got a game to run. So we're going to generate a new session planning template. I am using Notion to do my campaign planning. If you want to learn more about how I use Notion for campaign planning, you can find a link in the show notes. Today's date is 22 October 2023. The characters. Why even bother reviewing the characters? They're all going to die anyway. Daisy's dead. Who are the characters today? Morgan will be there. Morgan is one of the originals. Everybody else. Varro was there like on day two. Dastor is brand new, but I think Dastor is not there today. I think one of the characters, one of the players of one of the previous characters is there who's going to come like wandering in. And then we're going to new, we have a new character who's going to be introduced who's the, the new character for the player who played Daisy. So keeping track of characters is is tough so let's see thalos is dead bug juice is dead daisy is dead sirwin i think the player for sirwin is going to show up so our our strong start is sirwin wanders in along with a new friend and i think we're not going to put too heavy a strong start realization that the howlers don't serve mugdoblub but serve Undaluk. I think that that is a good strong start. Scenes, we don't really do scenes because it's a dungeon crawl. So the only scene we worry about is that strong start, but we don't worry about that because we already have the strong start. So we're going to just delete the scene section. Secrets include, and that's a good example. You want to license the return. I talk about it in return, and I talk about it in lots of different places, but I'm going to talk about it here too. Delete the sections. Delete the steps that don't make sense for the game that you're running. And add new ones if you need one. A, a, a section that I've been adding recently is the next steps. So in the scenes area, I might say, what's after this? Where do they go when they're done with this? I don't think I have to worry about that today because I don't think they're going to get through all of Bitter Mold Keep today. So secrets and clues. The Howlers, Bitter Mold Keep, don't worship Mugdoblub. They worship Undaluk. But they have little realization why so that is a that is a secret mugdoblub the the mugdoblub themselves resides here in bitter mold keep it wants to devour and digest it wants to turn everything into its primordial state ooze that's its sole motivation the coming of mugdoblub Somebody asked one of my patron questions, which I just saw was, how much do you enjoy saying the word Mugdoblub? I enjoy saying it quite a bit. It took me some work to get it right. But now that I've got it right, I like saying it. The coming of Mugdoblub is the reason, is the sign that Kytheros, uh, as as evidence that the timeline of the gloaming had gone and needed destruction. Kytheros is so un- there's Al- Al- commanded Almazot to 
devour the gloaming and send its remains to marrow. Underluck has not yet arrived in the gloaming. I guess that's a secret on its own. And then Redthorn. So Redthorn is the, he's kind of like a villain. Greaves Redthorn, what a great name. A fallen knight of St. Y- Yidrith seeks to bring Underluck into the world and begin the process. Greaves started off battling against the incursion the incursions of Mugdoblub, but realized it was too late when his lover succumbed to Mugdoblub's curse. Now Greaves seeks only the destruction and of the gloaming. That's fun. Kind of a cool, cool tragic tale. So what are what are the other secrets of Bittermold Keep? So let's look at Bittermold Keep, why don't we? And look at the chamber. Now, now we have a good idea. They've entered. They've entered Mugdoblub. I'm sorry. They've entered Bittermold Keep. So we know where they're going. They could head south. They could head west. But they're definitely in this northwestern corner and probably heading on the western side. So that's the areas that we can focus on. The gold catfish will be a fun. The gold catfish will be a fun upward beat. There's. I think. I think it might be kind of cool. And again, I'm, 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 you know, putting my finger on the scale, but now I feel comfortable. I think a couple of mutant catfish attack. Because a mutant catfish is kind of a fun, fun monster. Let's take a look at it and just make sure I'm not going to wipe them out with a couple of these dudes. Mutant catfishes. They are level two. They have hit 11 hit points. They have a plus two uh, a barb. They're poison. They have a poison barbs or claws. Have four limbs. I think that might be kind of a fun start to mutant catfish attack. And then they can meet the gold catfish, and that will be a nice downward beat. The gold catfish will be a great source of uh, secrets and clues. This is area 13 and 14. 15, steaming stalag- stalagmites. Spinning bubbling, one and six pans for a steam gout for the D4 damage. Cave pearls, those sound kind of fun. Tar bats, resonant cave, uh, air blowing over the lips of glass bottles, vibrates teeth. That's cool. Rough rock with high craggy ceiling. Tar bats, six roosting in niches, niches along the north cave. Bright light directly below drives them into a fluttering frenzy. Cave chimneys, natural holes in the ceiling big enough for, for mice. Air whistles over them, fluting reverberations. Alcoves, tarnished gold frame painting. In each, 10 gold piece per. The paint runs in a gray slurry. An old parchment scrap is struck in the back that says, the door is behind my statue. RB. That's cool. That's a clue. That's important. 17, time flux chamber. Sometimes you get older, sometimes you get younger. That's cool. That's a real weird room. I wonder why. Time flux chamber, 17. There could be a fun thing that they could have in here is that could have a, there could be like an idol to Kytheros here or like an, yeah, like a, a fun treasure here might be an idol of Kytheros that's worth three XP and 100 GP. And what can you do with it? It might be kind of a fun, like the fact that it's like an unstable time thing. What could it do if you, you, you can activate it and if you activate it, 
like maybe once per day, it gives everybody a luck point on a failure. All of those nearby age 1d10 one way or the other. DC to activate it is what? 12? Is it a hard DC? I mean, it's once per day. So we're going to say DC 9. Intelligence or wisdom. That feels right. That feels fun and cool. It's a nice, cool treasure. And that's what's causing this time flux, right? That'd be fun. Gelatinous cube, alabaster woman, white eyes, gentle expression, air shimmering around her. Gold hummingbird charm necklace. So there's another one. Grants advantage once per day. That's cool. And that's said that behind that. That's who RB is, right? Rosemary bitter mold. That's where that. That's where that thing is. A ruined staircase is here. This might be this little staircase here might be a fun exit. So perhaps if they dig their way out of here, they can get up onto the hill behind bitter mold keep and then they can rest outside i think that that would be a neat thing i'll probably do that we can add that to secrets and that's a fun jayquay-ish jayquay's style thing empty prison cell Magdoblub will dissolve all written in web 2.0 speak got some bitter molds jellified remains in 20 and Magdoblub is in 22 so they might go straight to Magdoblub. we've got some howlers and some bitter molds River outflow. If they go down below, we'll, we'll, we'll get into random dungeon territory. Who knows what we'll do down there. Eerie walls. And here's the tomb. That's a really good one. I don't know how you're supposed to get... Who's Zakortu? Zakortu. Water from the obsidian fountain area eight. Makes it cough up the, the area. That's a long, that's a long haul. I still don't know. I got, I got lost with this before. I don't know how they were supposed to know about that. If you go to eight, wide, smooth, burbling water. One is glossy black. One is pearly white. Bob relief covering the walls. Sulfuric water causes violent coughing when drunk, pouring a drought of it into Reginald Bittermold's mouth. Area 25 causes corpse to hack up the cloven heart gem. I don't know how you know that. I guess, yeah, the, the, between the obsidian fountain and the bob relief, you might, you might see it. Tooth pillar. Hundreds of teeth. That's cool. Bitter mode hovels. They have hallucinogenic mushrooms. Plogrina. Let's see. Plogrina and, and Glabriella lead the bitter molds. They continue to have their mental faculties, even though their bodies are becoming oozy. They embrace the curse and believe the world should return to its primordial purified state i don't know if they're how far to the east they're gonna make it and so we'll have to see do i have any other final secret that i want to drop in here let's just let's read a little bit about plurgrina area yeah so area 21 is the other one who is tezorku it's only ever referred to here what is a Dralik? As tall as two humans with a pair of curved horns, a shark's grin, then an axe of white bone, level six. And I guess it's like a demon. Hmm. Who do they serve? I think the Dralix, let's see. Dralix serve the, the, the Fae Queen, I've decided. Titania. The Willow Man is her prime Dralix. That's cool. Titania sent the Dralix, what's its name? a fun secret core two to find the heart 
the cloven heart, an artifact, the Fae Queen, the want lost when Almazots devours the world, the, the gloaming. Cool. So we're good on secrets. Locations we don't need to worry about because they're in the, they're in Bitter Mold Keep. So we'll, we'll keep it handy, but really we don't need, well, we'll keep that handy just for funsies, but we don't really need it. No real NPCs. So the go, the golden catfish, does it have a name? Whoops. Does Shadow Dark have names? Those orc, half-orc names look pretty good. We'll roll and get a half-orc name. It is named Zarak. Zarak was mutated by Bitter Mold Keep, but gained great intelligence as it occurred. And it's pretty much like a Zen monk. The other NPCs we have that might come up are the two. We'll stick them just down there so I've got them. Whoops. And I don't think we're going to worry about any of that. We'll delete that. Monsters are in the book. We don't need to worry about that. Treasure, we've got the Idol of Kythera and the other one, which is in the book, which we probably don't need to do too much with, is that the Cloven Heart. Experience points, I think, are... So legendary experience points, the Staff of Ord, a Genie's Wish, a Dragon Horde. I'm going to put something between fabulous and legendary, like an artifact level, which I think will do five. One thing, I, I do find the experience progression of Shadow Dark to be light, and I'd like to see higher level characters. So I'm going to start offering more experience because it just takes too long. Leveling is so long. Like we're never going to see fourth level. You know, the way they're dying... And with experience resetting, it's just taking too long. I think we are all set. I think I've got everything I need. Like, nice thing about dungeon crawls is they're pretty easy to prep for. I mean, you can see, like, it's still worth having a bunch of secrets and clues. Still worth having a strong start. But the rest of it, really, is pretty lightweight. Friends, I want to thank you all for hanging out with me today while I prepared for my Shadow Dark game. If you enjoyed this show and you want more stuff like this, the best way to see the stuff that I do is to subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. There is a link in the show notes. You get a weekly RPG-related email sent directly to your inbox, plus a free Adventure Generator PDF. It's absolutely free to sign up. You can also uh, support me directly on Patreon. Patrons get access to a dedicated Discord server, the monthly Q&A, City Varch's sourcebook, a bunch of tools, and a bunch of booklets to help you run your RPG, a bunch of exclusive adventures, lots and lots of material that you get for becoming a patron of Sly Flourish. And you can pick up any of my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, The Lazy DM's Workbook, and The Lazy DM's Companion, all available on the Sly Flourish book store links for all those in their show notes thank you all so much have a great day and get out there and play a role-playing game